Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. There had been a recruiter, an Army recruiter, when I worked at Bank of America, who wanted me to come in. It's like, hey man, you come over and fill out some paperwork for me. Before Robert Bales enlisted in the military in 2001, he was working in financial services as a broker-dealer. But when two planes crashed into the World Trade Center, the 28-year-old felt compelled to make a change. September 11th happens, and I'm literally in watching it happen that morning Well, we were long oil contracts and oil and gas futures. The price shot way up. So the guy I'm working for is happy. He's like, man, we're gonna make tons of money off this. You know, we're gonna make tons of money. And like the whole time I'm sitting here, and I'm like, man, I can't do this. I was like, this is just morally wrong. And so I could hear my dad talking to me, man, life's more than about money, man. Life's more than about money, you know? I went back to that Army recruiter and uh, I enlisted and joined the Army. And if you're not the first guy in line, stand up for America, what's wrong with you? Previously on The War Within. I grew up in Norwood, Ohio, blue collar town. We didn't have much money. He was really popular before he turned 30. Nobody joins the Army after September 11th to be the bad guy. I think that people like Bobby Bales are probably inherently broken. He started publicly becoming a little bit more unhinged. I consumed alcohol, bought a plate over there. He starts looking for people, like, who is here and who isn't. I was interviewing a little girl, and she said to me, I saw many soldiers with lights, and they came and they killed my father. I'm Mike McGinnis. This is The War Within, The Robert Bales Story. 
In the mid-1990s, long before his days as a soldier, Robert Bales went to Ohio State University with dreams of playing for the famous Buckeyes football team. After failing to secure a spot on the roster, he searched for a different way to spend his free time. I thought maybe I had a chance to play at Ohio State. Um, I didn't, <laughs> you know, but uh, when I got up there, the school wasn't in yet, so I needed to find a job, right? So um, I started interning at Smith Barney. At the time, Smith Barney was one of the nation's premier wealth management firms. During the rise of Wall Street, it was basically a household name due, in part, to a classic commercial. Smith Barney is among a handful of top investment firms singled out for their work in research. Smith Barney. They make money the old-fashioned way. They earn it. As a college kid, Bales was enticed by the opportunity to work in this prestigious industry. I really wanted to be successful. I really wanted not to have to worry about money the way my mom and dad did. And I wanted to be able to take care of them. And so I uh, started working at Smith Barney for a broker there and just doing terrible work, really. You know, phone calls and, and uh, envelope stuffing, things like that. One day, there's this other broker that shows up, and uh, he's trying to do business with Smith Barney, and he is one part owner and a small broker-dealer in Columbus, Ohio. And he had had uh, some real success very early. So the guy's probably 35 years old. You know, he's wearing the Rolex, you know, he's living the life. You know, so here I am, this blue-collar kid with no money, and uh, it's not only attractive, it's where I want to be. So uh, we started working for him. Bales decided to drop out of Ohio State before graduation to pursue his Series 7 exam and become a registered securities trader. Between the years of 1996 and 2000, he advanced in this cutthroat field. If you go to work in a broker-dealer, you're going to work hard. And so if I'm going to start at the bottom of something, I want to make sure that when I climb to the top of that ladder, it's where I want to be. What that guy saw in me was an aggressive nature to be tenacious to the point of, you know, telling you what I think and putting it all on the line. And I, I think that he saw a little bit of just, you know, the hunger, you know, the real hunger to do something other people aren't willing to do. My thought process here, I saw not only the money, but I saw what I could do with the money and help people. Like, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but, you know, who's more important than a guy who's taking care of your money? When someone in Bales' position is elevating your net worth, there's no better friend to have. But when their investments aren't making money, it's a different story. Early on in Bob's tenure as a trader, his firm embarked on a new strategy. We called a bunch of people, met a bunch of people, and through one of those people, they were talking about um, individual community bank stocks. So they were very thinly traded, but they were money makers and they were great investments. And they were great investments over time. So we would come in and buy out these blocks of these small community bank stocks, and we would piece them out instead of to five people in town, we'd piece it out to 25 people or 50 people in town. And we did very well with this. And so these were super stable, consistent investments. And this is a time when uh, the dot-com thing was going on. So everybody's flying these high-flying dot-com things. And in my mind, I'm building a business that's going to be here for the next 50 years. You know, I'm a young guy, I'm aggressive. But at the time, I totally believed in what we were doing. 
At 26 years old, Bales was managing over $22 million of client funds when his company's previously sound model took a downturn. In 1999, we bought a bank out of West Virginia. On paper, it was the number one community bank in the country. The book value was $100 more than the share price. I bought stock in it. I put my family's money into it. I put friends' money into it. And in September of 1999, they shut the bank down. Full disclosure here, we reached out to a bunch of people in the hopes of better understanding what happened with this West Virginia bank. Bob's old boss, some former clients, third parties. Nobody took us up on our invitation to talk. What follows is Bob's version of what transpired. And what this bank was doing was they were fraudulently keeping their books. They were cooking the books for, for lack of a better way to do it. They were packaging up loans and selling loans off, leaving loans on the books, um, and, and basically um, inflating what they were doing. So the company we worked for basically shut down. That West Virginia bank was the first national bank of Keystone. It was supposedly quite profitable, with assets totaling over a billion dollars, until a regulatory agency discovered a $515 million discrepancy on their books. The U.S. government would later close the bank, drawing intense scrutiny towards the brokers who touted it as a good investment. I had purchased for a client this bank stock, and uh, the bank went out of business. Uh, what I did that was wrong wasn't that I purchased the bank and it went out of business. It was that my client was in the hospital at the time and I didn't get his authorization. What I did do, and this is not mitigating, is I contacted his wife. I'd taken this guy from $200,000 to $2 million. He's not gonna tell me no, right? Like, let's be honest about it. If I did that for you in five years, would you tell me no? Anyway, I put them into this bank and uh, lost money, lost a lot of money. There was an arbitration suit against me, uh, lost my brokerage license. In May of 2000, Bales and his bosses were sued by Gary and Janet Liebschner, an aging couple that had invested with the firm. The suit alleged that the company systematically pressured elderly customers into buying stock in the First National Bank of Keystone falsely implying that the bank would soon go public. Decades later, Bale still has a hard time reconciling what happened. I was greedy too, right? Like, I literally thought we were going to make millions of dollars off this investment. And I thought it would be enough to where I didn't have to work like that anymore. Um, you know, I think it would have changed my life. You know, it was a, a true feeling of letting people down. You know, like, people worked 20 years, 30 years for this money and you lose them that money, man, I mean, they trusted me. You know, think about that. They believed in me enough to give their labor to me, and I screwed it up. With the arbitration and process and his own fate in limbo, Bales decided it was time to get out of Ohio and turn over a new leaf. I really love Florida. I figured if I had to start over, I'm gonna go to Florida because sun and fun, right? So uh, I had a total of $400 cash. I had a car that was paid off. I jumped in my car, 27 years old, drive to Florida. 
ended up meeting some people from uh, First Investors Group of West Palm Beach and started working trading oil and gas futures. Like, I still thought I could get up, you know, like I'm in an industry where I can make money. Once I make the money, I can go back and take care of this, you know, and so that was my thought process. And once I make the money here, I'll come back and take care of these people here. And then, you know, obviously September 11th kind of changed my mind. It's 8.52 here in New York. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. We don't know anything more than that. Oh, there's another one. Another plane just hit. Right? Oh, my God. Another plane has just hit. It hit another building. Flew right into the middle of it. Explosion. That was definitely looked like it was on purpose. Sitting in Leavenworth, documentarian Paul Pulowski asked Bales whether, at such an uncertain moment in his life, America's response to the 9-11 attacks presented a different path forward. After everything you'd been through, obviously, you know, the community bank debacle, were you kind of uh, seeking some purpose in life? You know, that's a, that's a good question. You know, did, was I seeking purpose in my life? And I would say, most definitely, when September 11th happened, it was a way to give back. A uh, feeling of trying to make it right, you know, trying to make something right. You know, I mean, hell, I couldn't do anything else right. I may as well try that, you know. Bales was already serving in Iraq by the time the arbitration really came in. When all was said and done, the defendants were fined $1.2 million in damages. At that point, the trading firm had already filed for bankruptcy had been expelled from the industry. The elderly couple never got the retirement funds back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. I sure don't think I would have lived in my car. If I had a million dollars sitting back somewhere, I sure don't think I would have went in the infantry. The rationale behind Bales' decision to enlist after 9-11 was complex. Yes, he believed it was his patriotic duty to fight terrorism. But in his mind, he also had debts that he somehow had to repay. She told me about it. It screwed up really bad previously and made some poor decisions. Soldier X recalls a conversation where Bales confided in him about this scandal from his past. He essentially talked about how he was in charge of large sums of money for people and he ultimately lost it all, lost a whole bunch of people's money. He's like, I now have to do something different with my life because I failed so bad at this. Bob also discussed the situation with soldier David Wesley when they served together. In his retelling of it, so many years later, one comment stands out. I remember him telling me a little bit of his story and what I gathered the most from what he was saying was that they were, people weren't doing the right thing around him, and he had to take blame for that as well. He wanted to make sure everyone was protected. It's a point that Robert Bales has made repeatedly. He put upon himself the safety and security of his peers and his loved ones. He bore the burden for the well-being of a lot of people. Like Wade, his next-door neighbor with special needs. Wade had fallen down a flight of steps, broke his hip, and so I took a year off before I went back to Ohio State. And so it was a lot of rehab to get him back to normal. It wasn't like this was a job. This is my brother. On deployments, too, Bales wanted to be the person in charge of getting everybody back to the States in one piece. I was the guy that people turned to to bring their loved ones back home. Their family members came and talked to me. And so did I feel responsible? Yes, I felt responsible. Just days before the killings, Bales blamed himself for another soldier's dismemberment. In his mind, he should have shot the person who triggered the fateful IED. Asbury, they took his leg off. Not having shot the Afghan, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to say, man. I mean, I, I feel responsible a little bit. Why does Bales keep harping on this? Why is he so eager to tell the world that he always takes care of other people? Is there something else that he's implying, but not saying, about the Kandahar massacre? During his interview, David Wesley made another interesting remark, one that we've heard whispers of before. The Army turned a blind eye to a soldier that obviously needed not to deploy anymore. To me, they're culpable. What he did was wrong, but he didn't do it without assistance. And a part of me believes that 
it might not have been him alone outside the wire. Bob Bills didn't do this alone. He had help. The freezing of Wesley's point compelled our producer, Max Nelson, to follow up. You said one thing there that we don't quote people out of context, so I want to check on one thing. When you say Bob Bales didn't do this alone, he had help. What do you mean by that? I meant exactly what I said. Bob didn't do this on his own. I remember sitting on the ground and turning on my camera. I was interviewing a little girl sitting there with her grandfather. And he was saying to her, tell her what you saw. Remember Yalda Hakim, the reporter who risked her life to interview the Afghan victims of Bales' attacks and heard some startling perspectives in the process. But something that stayed with me and that I found quite chilling was that she said to me, I saw many soldiers with lights, huge headlights coming out of their helmets. And I saw many, many soldiers and they came and they killed my father. Another child was saying, but there were multiple people. And then later some of the adults started to say, he wasn't on his own, there's multiple people. President Karzai was then saying, we're hearing that there's more than one soldier, what is actually going on here? So that was also clouding the clarity that we were trying to establish in terms of whether it was just bails or whether there was more to it. The United States never took these statements made by the villagers of Alakozai and Najibian all that seriously. Bales' name was released to the media almost instantly, and he was the only person tried and convicted under the UCMJ. But the Afghan witnesses maintained that they saw multiple American soldiers during the Kandahar massacre. Do you believe that Robert Bales did this act all by himself? That's Afghan journalist Mirwai Atal speaking to Haji Mohammed Wazir, an Afghan man who lost 11 family members that night. No, he was not alone, but it was the Americans who put the responsibility of this act on this one person. I don't know how it would be possible for a person to go to one village and make four or five people martyrs and then go to another village and make 10 or 12 more people martyrs. This is not possible, nor is it believable to us. One person did not do this. Another local farmer, Mullah Baran, made a similar argument. We can say for sure that Robert Bales was not alone. They all did this together. They just presented this one person. We know their military tactics. When the American forces surround the house, they send one person inside to kill. I've seen this before myself. When they claimed that one person had gone crazy and did this alone, we rejected their words completely. Hikmatullah is Mullah Baran's nephew. He was just a child in 2012, but his personal recollections line up with his uncle's theory. Was Robert Bales alone in this? He was alone in the room. There were people outside. Who were they? They were his friends. It might sound like a stretch, How could such a serious revelation about this highly publicized tragedy stay hidden for so long? Yalda Hakim had these questions herself after returning home from Panjway, Afghanistan. Now, after that interview, we spoke to like a trauma person off the record back in Australia 
I was worried about driving that multiple soldier narrative if it had no basis. And one of the things the, the trauma expert said was that sometimes people misplace events in trauma. And in a child's mind, they can't quite figure out the sequence of events. And it's all mishmash. March 11th, 2012, was likely the worst day that the Afghans we interviewed would ever hope to live through. And some of the details they reference would imply that the attacks were not committed by a lone gunman, but an entire platoon. For example, there's this from Haji Wazir. There were 20 to 25 people there, because when people came out of their houses in the morning, they saw the footprints from their boots. About 20 to 25 people must have collaborated with him in this act. Airplanes were with them providing light for them. Airplanes, 25 people. These points were repeated by the other villagers. He was not alone in doing this act. There were two or three airplanes with him that night. I went to the back of our house in our alley and saw the footprints of 25 American soldiers. In the military's reports on the incident, there's no mention of planes flying overhead. And the notion of 25 soldiers covertly executing this mission is hard to fathom. Yalda believes it's possible that the Afghan civilians are confusing the events of that night with what happened the next morning when Bales was evacuated and a massive commotion formed outside VSP Bellambay. I don't know this for sure, but it could be that Bales came, the incident took place, and then they came to get him. And then that's where you have the multiple soldier theory, where, you know, then all the other guys came to pick him up, and that's where the helicopters then turned up. Maybe the Afghans are misremembering the details, like Yalda's trauma specialist suspected. It'd be the easy conclusion to reach, especially when you're trying to prove an argument beyond a reasonable doubt, like Bales's prosecutor, Lieutenant Colonel Jay Morse. If I'm conducting an investigation and there are multiple witnesses, and all the witnesses say the exact same thing, I got a problem. People don't see things the exact same way. People don't remember things the exact same way. But as a prosecutor, I want to make things as simple as possible. I don't want to make this complex. And I don't need to. I have all the tools I need at my disposal to prosecute this guy. One of those first things I decided was we're not going to have any insurmountable mistakes. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. 
So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The United States was a global superpower trying to reconcile and move on from the deadliest war crime perpetrated by its military in decades. And if one guy was responsible for it, that's explainable. He's a bad apple. But if multiple soldiers were involved that signifies there's an institutional problem. Here's the thing. The Afghans aren't the only people who feel this way. Ever since the killings occurred, some of the Americans stationed at the VSP have had their suspicions, which was not picked up by the national media. In the middle of the night, Robert Private James Alexander, one of the lower enlisted guys, shares his theory based on his memories from the early morning of March 11th 2012. I get woken up very early in the morning and it's like, hey, we need to do 100% accountability. When we're running out there, Gwyn, who is the guy on guard, is coming in. And he is telling us this very, very important part of the story. He tells us the gate guard has said that two people came in and one person left. Remember, Bales hit two villages that night. First, Alakozai, and later, Najibian. He came back to the VSP in between to reload, which is when he, and possibly somebody else, were seen by an Afghan soldier who was guarding the front gate. When SF Captain Danny Fields was alerted about a problem, that's the intel he got. Speaking to the gate guard, you know, I remember him saying something to the effect of an American left and then an American came back, or he said somebody came back. My instant fear was that maybe we've got one more person inside the base than what we should have. The guy on guard says that he saw a man in body armor come through the gate. Well, we know Bales didn't wear body armor. He says that a guy had a beard. Well, Bales couldn't grow a beard. So it's like, this guy's talking about, you know, these physical characteristics that don't match up to Robert Bales at all. And the crimes that were committed at each location were vastly different. The first location, Alakozai, the crimes that were committed there were not nearly as heinous. There were survivors. In Najibian, there were burned bodies, something that didn't happen in Alakozai. There were more children, more people were killed. The horrors of the crime were ratcheted up in such a way that it almost makes me feel like there was a presence in Alakozai that stopped him 
from going the length that he wanted to do. And so it is my belief that he was helped in some way to commit these crimes with the aid of Absolutely not. I tried so hard to suppress all that crap out. Soldier X, the unidentified participant with the digitally altered voice, who's been prevalent throughout this podcast. He never told us why he wouldn't grant us formal consent to use this interview. But when we broached the subject of potentially helping to carry out the Kandahar massacre, let's just say the mood changed. There's a lot of times where, even at 22 years old, like I wish I would have stepped in and stopped it. You didn't see their faces. You didn't see the little girl's face. Soldier X is a free man, and he didn't have to speak with us in the first place. But he wanted the opportunity to respond to the accusations levied against him by the soldiers who served alongside him in Afghanistan. You know, after all this happened, like, I just tried to block it out of my life like it never happened. And then one of my Joes is still stays in contact with me. So, like, the BS that they're putting out there, they're painting this picture like, you know, as part of this great conspiracy, and it just wrecked me. And I, I was like, well, I guess, I guess it's time to confront this and go through this. This is even after speaking with himself. We've been on Facebook Messenger, and he's explained his side of things. But in the reality, there's a lot of holes in his story that directly fly in the face of some of the things that I saw. Let's dive in on exactly what Alexander claims to have seen and heard on March 11th, 2012. The person that woke us up was okay. When he woke us up, he was fresh out of the shower. Now, that might not seem like a huge deal, but when you're in Afghanistan, and you're showering less than once a day, you do not take a shower in the morning. His hair was done and it was gelled perfectly and he smelled, he had like a little bit of cologne or something on, right? He was reasonably clean shaven. And when I say that, he had sort of shaved some of it down or sort of done some maintenance to it, which was highly unusual. At that point in time, there was someone missing from BSB Bellumby. It was a dust one, an emergency. In theory, there shouldn't have been time to shower. We asked Soldier X about this. That wasn't accurate. That, that, that didn't happen. I may have showered at VSP Bombay later, definitely not before I went and woke them up. We also asked Private Gavin Jones to confirm or deny Alexander's story. Yeah, that's true. You know, as soon as we were able to, that dude was straight up like spick and span, showered up and ready to go. Then we have actions afterwards where he started cleaning up and throwing away things and walking contraband items to the burn pit. So he's cleaning up these crimes already. There's cleaning up evidence of whatever misgivings and misdeeds were going on. It's just very strange that uh, in, a, in a day like this, you find that you need uh, to throw away a, a bag of this. We essentially thought it was clothes because it was a black plastic bag that you didn't see any trash coming out of it. Soldier X had a clear explanation for what he remembers being in that trash bag. One of the NCOs from USF was like, clean your shit up. We threw away some alcohol, and which the investigation knows. It was just our own stuff. It wasn't anything bales, had or anything like that. 
Don't forget who was proven to be drinking liquor and discussing tactics with Bales just hours before the killings. Soldier X and Staff Sergeant Jason McLaughlin, also known as Mac. When we approached Mac about this podcast, he asked that we fuck off. His words. There is a report. One of the people that lived nearby said that she heard two men drunkenly arguing outside. Now, two men arguing? Okay, that could be anything. But drunkenly arguing? That is really, really, really fascinating. Then there's the issue of a comment that was made after Robert Bales had returned to the VSP and had been detained. Captain Fields had called a meeting to discuss what had just occurred. We're all kind of gathered together like a bunch of little kids on a picnic bench. And uh, Captain Fields is like, okay, I'm just going to tell you guys that we're getting reports that there are women and children that are casualties. And we believe Bobby has been the one that's done it. And he was in there, immediately pipes up and says, he did it for you guys. And this is before we have any idea like what he's intertwined with. He just told us this really cryptic thing of like, whatever he did, just know he did it for y'all. And that, I will never get that out of my head. I can never get that out of my head. Soldier X remembers saying something different in that moment. Danny Fields was like, he was giving a brief about the situation. And like, I was pretty emotionally angry at what was happening. This is a huge situation. And I didn't want a bunch of people going on social media and being like, oh my God, check where I'm at right now. And, and so I gave very clear, concise information to stay off social media. They might sound like minor, harmless details. A shower, a trash bag, an attempt at understanding what Bales had just done. But this perceived odd behavior from another soldier stuck with the privates. So much so that they alerted the Army's Criminal Investigation Division, or CID. All of the Joes were so nervous, and rightfully so, that somebody else was involved from the infantry that we finally did it. We broke chain of command. We went to talk to the CID agent, and we said, listen, Sergeant, we don't know how to put this this way, but something else is going on here, and other people are involved. You need to talk to these two individuals. That is Mac and immediately. That night, they were flown out, okay? Like, they were gone. They then were interviewed by CID and so forth and so on repetitively to the point where CID no longer interviewed anyone else. Some of the previous evidence offered by Alexander and Jones could be considered to be hearsay. But on March 13th, 2012, the military flew McLaughlin and Soldier X back to Kandahar. Their deployment was over. That's indisputable. It was pretty quick. The CID came, they spoke to us, and then they took us back to Kandahar for further investigation. I was interviewed, I don't know, a handful of times, you know, first by CID officers and then, uh, you know, by the prosecuting attorney's office. It was a handful of times. When I got to Kandahar, they stuck me in a, a wooden box, like a little sleeping area. I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody but my attorney and the chaplain. And the thing is, if anyone was going to have Bales' back like that, it was going to be because they were on a recon team previously together. That's why we were all very uh, skeptical of him. They acted like best friends. 
had deployed with Bales previously as part of a sniper section. So they were tight. They had shared experiences of Iraq. And the reason why he was chosen for this deployment is because, again, Bales got to choose his guys. So he picked somebody he had trust in and a relationship with. In our conversation with him, Soldier X grappled with whether he, in some way, was accountable for what happened in the Kandahar Massacre. There's a lot of emotions, a lot of thoughts that go into it. I, I, I still think about those families every day. There's definitely times where like, I wish I would have stepped in and stopped it, maybe would have prevented something. I'm a firm believer in with great power comes great responsibility. And I feel like when Bob did that, uh, it took all that wind out of that sail. Like, do you really, do you really believe that? Did you step up and, and do your part to prevent this? As for Bales, during Paul's 18 hours with him, there was no grand admission that anyone went with him to Alakozai and Najibien. Just a few remarks here and there, which can be interpreted at face value or not. I'm willing to lay down my life for the guy to my left and right. In some ways, it kind of helps me get through prison. What is my responsibility here? I can't go to the facility because then I'm a rat and I won't do it. Between the years of 2016 and 2019, we didn't know about this alternate narrative. It's only later, in retrospect, that we began to question whether the story surrounding one of the most infamous war crimes committed by an American was actually true, and ask which version of events would be more in line with the man that we had come to know. The following audio was captured on December 15th, 2022. Hey, Bob, uh, right off the bat, uh, how are you doing these days? Uh, you know, I'm all right. I'm, I'm doing, man, I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I, I'm in the same place. You know, I've been in the same place for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, been some time since you and I uh, first started talking about uh, your, your case and everything. Between then and now, uh, we've spoken to a lot of people. Some people were pretty sympathetic, spoke favorably of you. And there were a fair number of people who did speak so favorably and weren't so sympathetic. And ultimately, uh, we thought it was only right that Bob Bales have the final say. Hey, just, just out of curiosity, how bad was uh, these other guys? Like, you know, he was my boy. I mean, I love him, man. And I just want to know what, his, what he said. Coming up on The War Within. The way that I see this thing going is Bales recruits and goes along with it. Took us aside and had a conversation with us about if you need to make that shot, know that we've got your back on that. Camaraderie in the military is pretty strong. If you just do the numbers, it's hard to believe it's just one person. I'm shocked here. I've got to look into them, whether or not there's another man there. He's always said it was him and only him. And I honestly think he will take that to his death. They would have been impressed with us had we not done what we did, um, or had I not done what I did. War Within, The Robert Bales Story, is a production of Bungalow Media and Entertainment, Checkpoint Productions, and Mosquito Park Pictures. 
in partnership with iHeart Podcasts. The series was created by executive producers Paul Pulowski and David Sheck. Executive producers for Bungalow Media and Entertainment are Robert Friedman and Mike Powers. The podcast was written and produced by Max Nelson and hosted by me, Mike McGinnis. Editing was done by Anna Haverman. Sound design and mix by John Gardner. Teddy Gannon was an archival producer. Layla Ahmadzai was an associate producer. And Peter Solotaroff was production assistant. Special thanks to Liz Yale Marsh, Nicole Rubin, Marcy Barkin, Zach Burpee, and Mirwais Atal, as well as all of the people who were interviewed for the podcast. Listen and subscribe to The War Within on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Monogram at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com slash build. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.